Hello, hello, Plasma readers, um, and I guess now Plasma listeners. Welcome to the very first ever episode of Mood Ring, the official Plasma Dolphin podcast. I'm Sonia Katanik. I'm one of the editors of Plasma Dolphin magazine, and the following you're about to hear is my co-editor, Emma Cohen, and I's editor's letter for the new print issue, Bad Faith. You can get a copy of Bad Faith online at plasmadolphin.com, if that's not where you're already coming from. And you can keep up with us in general on Instagram and on Twitter. Our handle is at Plasma Dolphin. That's also where you can tell us what you think about the podcast or about the new issue. So anyways, enjoy us talking about our hedonistic phases, creating art reflecting on culture that act as pieces of culture themselves, and embodying the magic of Donna Sheridan. Okay, so so we're starting a podcast because we wanted to find another way to connect with the readers of Plasma. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking, well, we've been talking a, b- a lot about the idea of attention span. And we both listen to a lot of podcasts. And I feel like a podcast is an interesting way to like sit with content for a long time while you're doing other things. So I feel like it's a good way for us to speak to everybody in like a prolonged way that like Instagram cannot do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good place to house all of the things that aren't quite like fitting for written work or for like a, pub- a print publication or even online. And it just like will be a more immediate way to talk to all of our alleged listeners. <laughs> alleged. <laughs> if they exist. <laughs> So I guess we should talk a bit about what Plasma is. Because it's interesting. Like, we're taking it so much more seriously now than we have previously. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting to kind of, like, see all of the variations it's gone through. And also realize that a lot of people who are interested in what we're doing now don't know where we came from or how we developed. I forget who it was who was just talking to me recently. But they were saying that everybody doesn't understand the name that they were like talking to it right was, it was somebody I don't remember who it was but somebody was like I was telling all my friends about it and everyone wanted to know where the name came from and it just kind of feels so funny because we I feel like we've told this story a lot and it's kind of a really stupid story and it feels not disconnected <clears throat> to what we're doing now but yeah. what we were trying to do at the time that we came up with the idea of plasma dolphin is so different than what we're trying to do now mm-hmm. so I guess we should tell the story yeah do you want to do it we can both do it. <laughs> we can <laughs> collaborative as we do everything. So I actually was just telling the story today to a woman at Open Sesame mm. in the book and art object store in Kitchener. She actually knew Mr. Bishop. Oh, our art teacher. In Kyle high Bishop. And um, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I guess well this amazing teacher we had who doesn't really feel like a teacher no never felt like a teacher really or like a weird guru (laughs) yeah mentor type situation sitcom character sitcom characters (laughs) correct cartoon character um he urged us to take up the school newspaper and revitalize it and we were like interesting and then we were like how about not a newspaper i'm not interested (laughs) actually in what is going on at the school And around this time, we also discovered Rookie in a bookstore. Wordsworth. The yearbook. Which is also where we're sold now. I know, it's so full Full circle. Full circle. 
and we became really interested in a lot of new things that we had not ever known about before I always reflect on this period where all of these different like cultural things kind of came into like fruition with each other at the same time that we were doing plasma like we were listening to David Bowie a lot which felt like super revelatory Mm -hmm. for some reason and it was like our first renaissance yeah perhaps we will have more in our lives but maybe that was like our first renaissance I think so yeah it was like a real enlightenment Mm -hmm. for us and we were 15 yeah at that time Mm -hmm. and we were watching John Waters Sonia watched Crybaby 27 times (laughs) and there's just a lot of cultural things that were coming together and then we wanted to talk about them and make something and then we ended up making plasma Mm -hmm. and so there was this like one specific room that we always did all this work in it was like our com tech room and that's where we hung out and then there was this weird ugly plasma dolphin lamp i'm sure everybody has seen them it's like those weird electric like light up looking kind of yeah in a in a really ugly plasma dolphin lamp anyways that hung out in that room too and sometimes the older kids used to like tie it to the ceiling fan and (laughs) that was like really Mm -hmm. dangerous i guess in retrospect (laughs) but like that felt like yeah that felt like such a thing to me one of the things that we've been talking about a lot this summer which i've been like just kind of circling back in my head so much is just like how exhausting um I find like social media and things that are like created Mm -hmm. for social media platforms and just like how branded everything is Mm -hmm. and how exhausting that can feel and I feel like sometimes that we're so entrenched in the culture of branding and marketing and all of these things not to say that they're bad or wrong or anything but I think that sometimes we can get very like culturally the culture can get very myopic in terms of its priorities and like quantitative data and all of this stuff (laughs) because it's so easy to access um so I I really see plasma as much as like it's bizarre because you kind of have to be operating within those things to succeed but then at the same time just keeping that in check and trying to create something that doesn't feel like it's that just feels like it's really about the art and about making something like weird and different Mm -hmm. and maybe carving out a space for people who's writing or art or photography is like really strange in a like really interesting way mm-hmm. and doesn't have a home elsewhere elsewhere well, and like re-literally our conversation we were having this weekend about alex cameron and otessa mosh yes i'm gonna say yeah okay <laughs> um author but, of my year of rest and relaxation yeah. Um, because they feel like two people who aren't necessarily making work Mm -hmm. for a movement or like to add to a conversation yeah that idea of not creating something to exist as part of a conversation and like it's almost the same as just creating something for like social cachet or whatever you know like to just or like all these publications that post like culture pieces or something and I'm like I get it but I guess something that we're interested in too is creating reflections of culture that are culture themselves yeah as well. exactly and yes, yes, aren't yes, yes. just 
like blurb pieces and clickbait is really what we're getting at like yeah because i mean you know there's a lot of there's kind of the corporatization of really radical Mm -hmm. movements that really stifles the actual movement itself and like i just find it's most prevalent to me on social media because that's such a part of our lives and you just see all these things posting about feminism without actually adding anything to the conversation Mm -hmm. and yeah like for example I the best interviews I've ever read are where I consider the interview itself that is supposedly reflecting on a piece of culture to be a piece of culture and to be a text worth studying in itself the questions Mm -hmm. and the answers you Mm -hmm. know And I think that that's really what we're trying to get at with Plasma. Yeah. I guess the goals of the podcast are kind of similar to the goals of the publication in the sense of all of our, like, ethos behind it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think what we're going to try to do is I think we definitely want to do interviews. I mean, I kind of, like, we were just saying it's going to be like a house for lots of kinds of projects. Exactly. Open doors, different and things I, walking through. Yeah, and we're going to keep it very fluid. We're going to have, like, no real restrictions into what we're doing. I think it's going to be a great way because one of the things is that we have so many amazing contributors, but it's so bizarre that we haven't even met a lot of them. I know, yeah. Or talked to them yeah, or heard their weird. voices. So hopefully this will be a good catalyst for... Like, I would love to interview, let's say, a photographer who contributed a really beautiful series to our publication but then hear their process behind it and Mm -hmm. stuff on the podcast totally especially because we're gonna go to a more regular releasing schedule i think it'll be really fun to be able to also like have this thrown in right because then sometimes it's almost like you know you've watched a beautiful music video and suddenly a behind the scenes of that music video shows up on youtube Mm. and you're like nice this is exactly what i wanted to see like i want to see all the weird behind the scene bits yeah because it's beautiful to watch the final thing the final project to look at a publication but like we're so interested in how things are made Mm -hmm. exactly yeah so i think think that's probably why i like all those like look inside my apartment videos yeah (laughs) yes i want this to be look inside my apartment which is my brain i love that (laughs) i love that um yeah. yeah, and then we're also just going to, like, I think that the podcast is a good way also to have, like, transparency into who we are and mm-hmm. how the publication will operate. Actually, can you expand on, you, like, just mentioned the new release schedule, but do you want to expand on that for people sure. who don't know, which is no one because we haven't no one. released it yet? <laughs> yeah, true. Um, so basically what we're planning on doing is, um, well, so we have an issue that's in print that we've been releasing basically these last two summers and we think we're going to continue with that participation mystique last summer and bad faith this summer Mm -hmm. but otherwise we've also been doing an online issue in the winter time slash usually in the spring but yeah so what we're thinking of doing is instead of releasing something all in one chunk online which i don't think really suits the medium of on of online like content or like the internet as a medium we're going to instead like move to a more regular posting schedule which is definitely not going to be like every single day or anything mm-hmm. which i actually think honestly sometimes is too much like i think it's good to give pieces room to breathe exactly. and also until this is our full-time job like it's like not realistic it's not feasible for the artists and it's not feasible for us but i think yes yeah, so we're looking at maybe like once a week sort of a situation and i think passerbys for anybody who doesn't read that emma turned that on to me 
um, where it's like a weekly. I think they update weekly. I think so. Yeah, like recommendation website mostly for women. Um, and yeah, like I check back. I guess I realize that I don't actually know what their like posting schedule is. I don't know when it is, but I know I check back every single week at some point like hoping to see something mm-hmm. on there and I like that there's not too much because often I just get so like upset with how oversaturated the internet is yeah. and I just like can't keep up and then I don't know I feel like I'm missing things yeah which I don't like I like kind of being up to date with a website or something and so when there's not too much going on it feels better to totally because our goal is to create things that are like really precious and mm-hmm. really like yeah, we always do this. I don't. How do you describe this over like, audio? Like your finger, like you rubbing your fingers a little bit together, as if yeah. you're like feeling paper or feeling tactile. I them. guess. Yeah. But it's not really that. It's more than that. It's just like this sense of like a preciousness or something mm-hmm. to the pieces that we want to put out, and I think that that's easier to do when we everyone has time to make something really good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that print is so important to us because what we really want to create is like a cohesive art object in a lot of ways but online like the internet has such an interesting it's such an interesting medium as well and I think that we haven't been using it to its complete extent extent. it's kind of crazy after like five years yeah (laughs) we're finally realizing we're finally realizing well I was also listening to a really interesting podcast um oh who was it by Oh, I think it was, like, fash on, fash off, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's ID. Okay. Um, and they were, I think it was them. I don't know. But they were having a conversation about independent publications. And they were very explicitly talking about how, like, large publications in print are, like, going out of business. But, like, independent publications are really thriving mm. in the print world. And I'm not, like, they kind of didn't really come up with a reason as to why. Mm. And I don't think we particularly know exactly what the reason is for why. But it feels like a really, like, lovely space to kind of exist in right now. It is. Well, I think that part of it is that what a magazine is is changing so much. And Mm -hmm. people don't want to pay for content that they can get online if they're just going to read it once and then throw it away. Because that's how like magazines used to function is you would just it was your only source of information but now that's obviously out of date so we want to create something that is like like a precious object to own Mm -hmm. like a book would be exactly like anything like a painting would be you Mm -hmm. know something that you feel like is kind of a part of your and you want yeah and you want to like let it exist in your small sort of world right like I feel like I've always been a person who collects little objects and things and I like really like having that or I know when I was packing to go to Madrid for my semester abroad my mom was like why are you packing all these books you've already read Mm. or like all this sort of like dumb stuff and I was like because I don't really feel like someplace like really exists as like a me place if I don't have those things yeah and it's so beautiful the idea that like we could be a part of that for someone Mm -hmm. else like that is definitely the and goal. I even had a really interesting conversation with a friend recently who mentioned that their copy of Participation Mystique got a little ruined by a kid or somebody who like <laughs> drew in it or something and I was like that's awesome and they were like I don't know like it, I'm sad that it's like ruined now and I'm like I don't think it's ruined it just means it's like lived with you now yeah that's beautiful I really like it's that. like inscriptions on a book like I remember exactly my mom like bought me a copy of some J.D. Sandra book when I was 15 <laughs> and then she like it was like 
to Jess. Happy birthday, love Eric. Or something. I even remember that. She like recopied <laughs> it. But it's just like, yeah, I it's nice that. to live with objects. And that's something that like obviously online can't offer you. Exactly. Yeah. Print, baby. Cool. Should we get into Speaking of print. Bad faith. Let's, let's get talk into about it. bad faith. Yeah. So yeah, I guess let's talk about themes, the the kind of conceptualization of themes. Because mm-hmm. we started doing that, and they I really were like, like... how we do it. They were really basic at the time. Oh, yeah, our old began. ones. Yeah, But yeah, then yeah. we've, like, transitioned into kind of... Which I really like, and I think that we should keep doing. Like, basically, it feels like creating our own world. And we work on the theme together, and we kind of build... We take, like... For the past three times, like, Participation Mystique, Magical Thinking, and Bad Faith, which are kind of the three, like, new new and uh, kind of more what we're trying to do now mm-hmm. issues, it's like a, it's a term that exists that we've kind of made into our own, mm-hmm. made our own definition of. Yeah, usually you come to me with it. You've, like, found it in a book. <laughs> and then, and then we kind of have, like, a fun redefining moment Mm. and then like we get to go through all the visuals that we feel which is that's always the weirdest part to me is that me and you were always like pretty this one was a little less so Mm -hmm. because we both this one we had to work at which i like as well well we really i I think that initially the feeling of it felt a lot like the last issue in terms of visually what we wanted and then i think it ended up being really fun because we were like well we can't just redo that we have to choose new things and then i like really love where it visually ended up yeah you kind of brought in the like more neon like I was more leaning towards the, yeah, the visuals of Participation Mystique, which was kind of like that, like, lace and wine colors and, like, softness with harshness or whatever. And then you kind of brought into, like, the neons and, like, all of these other visuals. like, artificiality sometimes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. which I really love. Yeah, me too. And is really different than what we've done in the past. But, yeah, usually there's just, like, a phrase bopping around in the universe that we pick up on. (laughs) And then kind of and it's really beautiful to try to work to like crack this weird code of what Mm -hmm. we mean like I mean usually the way that we end up making the themes really resembles the way that I tend to write personal essays which is kind of this accumulation of things that I've been reading or conversations that I've been having or whatever (laughs) ants crawling all over our laptops (laughs) as we sit in the park um (laughs) And kind of keeping notes of those things. And then it's this weird, like, it's kind of like highlighting a textbook, but it's your life. Mm. It's like you're picking up on certain, like, strands of thought that, like, reappear. I don't know. It's it's a weirdly good way of sorting out the world. (laughs) I think so. And, yeah, it's Um, really beautiful to see people respond to it. It also ends up being like really kind of like what my life revolves around for a little while Mm -hmm. like we always sort of go around and are like that's so insert theme here that's so magical thinking and then we (laughs) got this lovely email recently from um one of our contributors Siobhan Schmidt and we've never met her which is so funny but she sends us hi Siobhan hi Siobhan you better be listening you send us the most beautiful (laughs) fucking emails I my heart glows when I read those I love them and she recently wrote us one that literally was like honestly one day we should just release a zine of her emails to us (laughs) we keep saying that we're gonna release like side zines (laughs) maybe one day anyways she in her most recent email she sent us this thing about 
how she does the exact same thing where mm-hmm. her life kind of like sudden, like the theme pops up around and she like notices it more and says like oh this thing is so bad faith or whatever mm-hmm. and that was like a really happy moment to me to realize that like other people also kind of internalize the theme in a way absolutely and it, it kind of because we always like we always talk about how our life kind of comes and goes in eras and we have names you know for like the different times mm-hmm. but it kind of I feel like it's really funny we sort of do split our years in half <laughs> by true. whatever the theme ends up being for totally a while. well it's interesting too because so for some reason I forget even where it came up but the term bad faith had like come up into my mind I think around the same like magical thinking and bad faith I kind of like wrote those down around the same time but I didn't really think about what bad faith means or what that would mean to plasma until you started telling me about your and Leanna's Mm. rascal Mm -hmm. situation (laughs) and then that whole like ideology almost I was like wow this is really interesting Mm. this could go with this could be really informative to the issue Mm mm-hmm um, I guess I can go a little bit into what the rascals are. I don't want to go too much because... Don't spoil the piece. Yeah, me and Leanna also... I guess that's kind of... Leanna Ernst. We're, I guess we're kind of ruining because we're writing it in our pseudonyms. But whatever, everybody will kind of know. Oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're writing it as Apollo and Artemis. That's beautiful. The twins. Well, this podcast is for transparency. So <laughs> <laughs> um, me and her sort of like then came up with this like new new society of rascals where we just like were really indulging in all of our sort of I don't know bad faithy mm-hmm. feelings and that kind of stuff like we just were like we are both hilariously really into pranks mm-hmm. and like fooling people and that kind of stuff anyways that sort of sort of spiraled we like ended up in Madrid having this really long-winded time at a coffee shop where we drank like way too much coffee and just started spouting off all this absolutely ridiculous stuff that now we reread and like I just don't even understand. Like there was this one line where it says, what is the fruit? What is the point? Who are we in brackets not? That's that's everything. Yeah, right? So that's like what the Society of Rascals is. But just in yeah. general, for like the last six months, I've been trying to live like a weirdly, what I've been calling my hedonistic period of just like indulgence. Yeah, and I love that. I love the idea of being quote bad like Mm -hmm. not morally bad per se but like just like the freedom of doing things like it sounds simple but for some reason it really felt really profound to me like to actually consider it as like a practice like this idea of not limiting yourself to where you what you think you should be doing and like being bad and deviating from these norms that aren't even real but you think that they're real but I I do resonate with the idea of whatever it means to like be living a life that doesn't have any sort of example mm-hmm. yeah I think that falls within bad faith for me I think living the life that you're like if you're living a life based on an example I feel like that's a really bad thing yeah, but, like, cultural examples. Like, everyone kind of does it without really mm-hmm. reflecting upon it. But even those subconscious things, like, I don't I don't know. I don't like that. No, neither do I. Mm-hmm. But that's why I think bad faith is such an interesting thing to exactly. channel in the sense that we're using that term. And I remember um, last summer, I think we all read The Idiot by yeah. Alif Batuman. And 
the part of that novel that I listened to a lot of interviews with her and she always would talk about how in the second f- part of the novel the main character Celine falls out of narrative mm-hmm. and that like concept really stuck with me this idea of like not even existing within a narrative <laughs> which I also loved mm-hmm. and I also think is very bad faith me too yeah hmm I guess I have some random thoughts that I all wrote down yeah this one which is interesting and I kind of wanted to talk to you about is the concept of like guilty pleasures mm. or like do you even like believe that that's actually a real thing I feel like the concept of guilty pleasures comes from this idea of, like, considering that everything you, like, consume relates directly to your identity. hmm And then so people will, like, identify with things that they consume when they think it reflects well upon them. But right. maybe a guilty pleasure is something you're like, oh, don't associate this with me. Well, it's like a sense of shame or something, I right? But I enjoy it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I don't have that because I watch a lot of really bad stuff. You've kind of made, like, that into a part of your identity in a way Ooh. that... But not but not that in a bad way, like, in a way that's interesting. Hmm, okay. But it's kind of... I don't know how to... I don't know. It's kind of its own thing. But do you... I don't know. What do you think about guilty pleasures? I personally feel like they don't exist. Mm-hmm. Because... And exist in what way? Like... I think people can, well, I don't know, I just, like, hate when people ask, like, Amy Schumer, like, what her guilty <laughs> pleasure is, you know? Yeah. That way. Well, it does, it's definitely creates, like, a hierarchy of things, and, like, yeah. certain things are shameful and certain things are not. I will say that I'm ashamed I watched The Coffee Shop or whatever the fuck that movie was, you know? But there are some general- movies that are just bad. <laughs> but in general, I feel like... I don't know. All indulgences I've just been like really embracing lately. Yeah. That's like a regardless great thing. of if they're like something that like make you grow or develop mm-hmm. in a certain way or if you're just indulging in like the pure joy of watching like a really horrible movie. Mm-hmm. I felt lately like I've been going through like a weird late identity crisis that feels like it could have happened in high school or something but instead it's happening mm. like now which feels like kind of a bad faithy thing like I feel like I'm changing bits of myself or like I'm not sure who myself is which for some reason feels like a thing that should happen at 16 give me more details on that um I don't know if there's like a way for me to properly verbalize it it's more like when you're just sort of like unsure about what anything is going to really be in your life yeah there's certain parts of our lives that I feel like are really stable now like friendships and that kind of stuff that maybe feel more fluid in high school or something, but... Yeah, well, it's... We're kind of in, like... Like, we're entering into our fourth year of university. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of, like... Actually, I guess it would have been before that time, but, like, that we started Plasma and that everything started happening. But, I mean, it's kind of like the end of another era, so I think it makes sense to kind of get antsy. Mm, okay, that makes sense. I don't know, but... I think that also there's... I've been trying to reckon with a lot of, like, expectations that I have for myself (laughs) around what, like, success means. That sounds so gross. But, like, I think that, like, something I've been trying to... This is, like, really bad faith to me. Just, like, 
be super okay with like enjoying yourself without a visual like profit coming out of it Mm -hmm. like like without proof of success or something like I guess I'm thinking mostly I don't know it feels like everybody needs to be famous and successful in their careers like right now and I don't know if that's I think it is like obviously the influence of the internet yeah um and I mean obviously everyone knows this and it's not anything to say but I think that the idea of trying like I was just like I guess I could just do anything I wanted to after school yeah (laughs) I could just waitress or something right and like I had that same sort of realization where I was just like oh I don't have to just like like I don't even have anything that I need to necessarily do it's not even like I feel like I do have something that I need to fall into yeah it really is like a weird wasteland I of feel like, like anything I feel like I've always felt like I need to because I want ultimately to have a career in writing and like art I feel like I have always not even consciously like I've never really articulated it before but I've always felt like I really need to be successful right away so that when people are like what are you doing I'm like look yes. I'm successful in this path Mm. and also because like it's such an unstable field then I'm like oh it's fine I'm on the way or whatever but I always find it really beautiful to read about people who aren't successful in like whatever their path is until a lot later and that's and then you're like what were they doing all that time and then you're like oh they were just like accumulating really interesting experiences that informed their work things exactly I feel like there's, like, a weird expectation to need to be, like, really famous when you're young or something. Yes. Now. And I really don't like it. I don't even want to be famous right now. That seems, like, really, like, I don't want that. I know. <laughs> but I, but I've been, like, weirdly conditioned to, like, want it or something. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, the ultimate form of validation, right? Exactly. Which I guess is what everybody kind of Which is also is, like, what the internet for. is. Mm-hmm. Is, like, it's, like, constant validation and constant not validation. Ugh. So that's that. Your identity <laughs> Well, I also, I don't know. I feel like identity has just been, like, a funny thing that I've been, like, toying around with lately. Like, one of the other things that me and Leanna discovered was in the Rena Sofia Museum or whatever art gallery in Madrid. There's this whole exhibit on Fernando Pessoa. Mm-hmm. I think is how you pronounce his name. It's Portuguese. I don't mm-hmm. know. But he basically, like, influenced the entire Portuguese avant-garde movement. <laughs> and he was just, like, writing. Like, he had a magazine that I think printed, like, two issues or something. And he was just a writer and just wrote random things. And he had 75 different heteronyms, like, different identities that he wrote with. That's so weird. And it's not like they were, like, pseudonyms or something, so people didn't know who he was. It was, like, they were, like, 75 different people with different ways of writing (laughs) and, like, different opinions. Wow, that's Which I think is just so fun because, like, in this one person exists, like, a whole multitude Mm. of people or something, you know? yeah. I thought that was, like, really interesting. And then that's, like, what a thing I've been also, like, toying around with with myself is, like, I don't know. Different things can, like, exist in you. Also, because, like, we don't even really know if, like, reality is real. Okay, <laughs> we're getting we're to all, that level. <laughs> maybe we're all heteronyms of one person. But that's Keanu interesting because, like, know? I mean, you could say that any writer, like, inhabits multiple, like, characters. But it's mm-hmm. interesting that he, from what I understand, identified it, like, with his actual self. Mm-hmm. Not, like with a character that he was writing as well i think it i don't know 
I don't know. I actually think it might, it wasn't necessarily, like, necessarily somebody he was inhabiting or, or like, that they were in. I don't know. I think it was more about, like, the creation of stuff. It was mm-hmm. truly just him, like, well, okay, the other thing with the Rascals and also with Fernando Pessoa is that, like, all of his characters sort of just, like, contradicted each other. So I don't think mm-hmm. that it's physically possible for him to, like, have had all those people actually be part of his, like, identity or anything, right? Like, that right. is too complicated for like a human i think but people do contradict themselves a lot. i guess but like not in the way he was doing it really it was like more just like they were all just like wildly different things and i think he was just doing it because it meant that he like didn't have to like set any limits for himself Mm. and i think that he is like the poster child of bad faith to me he was just like doing whatever he wanted every single one of his like isms that he created quote unquote like they all just like contradict each other he's like here's a statement about the universe and then like two weeks later he would publish like something completely different to my understanding at least like i just think that that's so funny yeah and i also really like that like bad faith while it does kind of have the serious aspect to it of like rebelling and stuff i feel like it also inhibits like this bit of like that has been also something tomfoolery that i am like so interested in is because i feel like i take everything really really seriously Mm. um and sometimes that's just so useless you're a cancer i am a cancer i'm a true cancer Mm. you're a double cancer oh yes i am yeah that's a lot because i feel like i do not yeah and i need (laughs) to invoke that because then sometimes i expect everyone else to take things really seriously too and then i'm like why am I recircling and recircling and analyzing everything so deeply? We should talk about Mamma Mia and rom-coms, okay. i.e. falling in love in one day and how that should totally just be okay. You know it's also so funny that I just realized that I did in my brain right now is what? that I was, like, thinking of mentioning, like, Donna as, like, <gasps> a mm-hmm. bad faith character. And then, re-guilty pleasures, I was like, eh, I don't know if I should bring that up into this <gasps> conversation. No! Yeah. Like, that, like that whole you Absolutely. know what I mean? Oh, Donna is for sure. So I feel She's like we the had such bad faith. Oh like because we've always like I've always loved ABBA and we've always talked about but this weekend with Alla going Our to go <laughs> going to go see Mamma Mia 2. I feel like we really got into oh, the world yeah. of Mamma well, Mia. Well, because I feel like we've never really like discussed it Capital D, Mamma Mia. So meaningful for it some really reason. It really did, especially watching the first one for some reason. Yeah, we watched the second one in theaters, then we went back to Alla's house and then in Toronto and watched the first one. And mm-hmm. it was just so deeply moving. Oh, yeah. We had like a really intense conversation about how we wish we were more like Donna, who really just takes things as they are and just like fully 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 does things based on like her feelings just like immediately yeah just like acting on instinct yeah that's the word an amazing idea and it feels so freeing Mm -hmm. and it is so difficult to do for Mm -hmm. me me too and i think part of it for me is i feel like there's such a fracturing in like attention span and thought and all of these things that there feels like there's so much to consider all the time in the world that it's hard to be sure of your instinct yeah yeah so that's why it feels so freeing is to me i feel like hmm. 
feel like, I don't know, we, we like, rely a lot on, like, doing the right thing or something. Or, like, doing the thing that'll cause, like, the least amount of consequences or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which, like, there's a way for you to, like, be sort of carefree with that while also juggling. N- you know, like, balancing your consequences or something. Right. But Donna really doesn't even think about it even at that much. Like, she just fully throws everything to the wind and just like does like whatever she wants i like who falls in love in like two days anymore that is such a i feel like we do but we just don't talk about practical exactly that is the worst i think that's why i hate like my identity of like being a virgo or whatever like that being told on to me because i don't think that i am that practical Mm -hmm. and that's always a thing that's (laughs) like right and that's like a thing that's constantly put in there that like I'm practical and analytical and like I hate that like that's Mm -hmm. exactly the opposite of like what I would ever want to be yeah I think that I do like against my like what I would like to have happened like think too practically and so that's I just feel like bad faith is like such a call to arms like we were talking about to just really embrace that Mm. and I really like for plasma themes to like almost have the sense of being like a call to arms not in like a pretentious way I don't want it to be like look at this thing we've discovered yeah but it's more just like it's like a personal like aspirational thing it's like an exploration Mm -hmm. because I mean there's obviously like downsides and consequences to all of what we're saying as well But it's just interesting to move around inside a concept like that. Mm. I feel like Greek mythology, in a way, I always find a way to connect Greek mythology <laughs> with whatever our theme is. But I There's feel like a it always mythology. Yes. mythology. But it always does. Like I think, particularly in this one, like all of the gods, like mm. in like a lot of religions, like God is supposed to be like this almighty always perfect kind of thing right Mm -hmm. but in like the greek myths like all the gods were like really fucked up and like they made so many huge mistakes or they were like really petty or they really like only relied on like their feelings and stuff right like Mm -hmm. which i think is oh my god there's mosquitoes everywhere (laughs) um which i think is just like so funny that Mm -hmm. like these like divine deities who are supposed to essentially be like the highest rank of like wisdom and intelligence you're really supposed to be able to get to right like it's literally divinity mm. and yet they're still like doing all this stupid stuff or like they're acting just, on like, their instincts exactly. whether they're good or bad mm-hmm. and they're like pretty much the pure concentrated version of like each one of their own like personal individual instincts right like it's so interesting so i think that's really like really fun i was just thinking um when we were talking before about like acting on instinct and stuff do you remember I remember this so well because I it like for some reason I was just so blown away but I remember one time Sam Yoon our friend Sam Yoon um was talking to us about some guy that he met at some party who said to him I don't have an inner monologue (gasps) whoa I forgot about and I was like that is so I would love to just inhabit that and I don't even know if that guy knew what that meant I don't think that guy I don't think it's know. possible to not have an inner monologue yeah. but just the idea of that is super interesting mm-hmm. and it makes me think of when I was at the end of the road trip that I went on in May when I ended up 
um, living in that house in California for a week with like just these dudes in a band that I didn't know and whatever it was just fascinating to watch them exist because they were just I just felt like they were so like in their bodies and they just Mm -hmm. weren't thinking Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. what they like they were so goofy and (laughs) did such dumb shit like and but just did not even consider any repercussion to it which like I even as I talk about all this I realize like that this can sound like it's coming from a place of privilege but I'm not talking about like on a grand scale not thinking about it like that's not what we mean when we're talking about this we mean like really small actions like it sounds simple but just like eating a lot when you're really hungry and Mm -hmm. drinking a lot when you really want to drink a lot and like whatever you know these things that are very physical and I guess it does come to a degree of privilege right like obviously yeah it's true but no, that's it's not true. Like, it's not on, like, the grand scheme. Well, I guess it kind of is. I don't know. Yeah. We are in a place where, luckily, we are, like, privileged enough to <laughs> order the largest size of ice cream when you want that's to. True. Right? That's Just true. Just because you want to. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it. that is another thing not, to unpack about But it's not about always it, about that. Like, sometimes it is just, like... I guess I'm just... Uh, I was like using those things as, like, to, as examples because they're, like, physical and easy to comprehend. Yeah. But... I totally get it. It's not exactly what I'm trying to get at. It's more just, like, they really were, like, in their bodies and they were, like... Sometimes it's, like, when people laugh protocol. really loud or something. Like, it's, like... I don't know. There's certain ways that, like... I We've had this discussion about certain people who are our friends who are like very like deliberate or thoughtful or feel like they like do things with a very leveled amount of care or something and then there's some people who just like like throw caution to the wind and just like literally the way they move it's like I like they could just have bruises on them at all times because like (laughs) that's just like how they move you know what I mean like that's a way to like even just give it that physicality it's just like some people are just like indulgent in their like movements yeah you know what I mean yeah absolutely and also like sometimes just in your thoughts or like yeah I don't know it doesn't always have to be about like consumption I guess necessarily absolutely yeah like it can just be about like literally like the output of energy that you put into things yeah just like I really admire the ability to act without constant reflection sometimes yes 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 and I would like to figure out how to do that do that yeah sometimes absolutely though I love I love also being like introspective I think that's I do always too. been a thing that's like been really good for us I absolutely do but, too yeah. and I think that we've also been able to always talk about it which has been good mm-hmm. but there are times when I know that I've been Me damaging too. to my own emotional well-being because I have whether it's like in a relationship or in even just my own understanding of myself just like analyzing things and totally. like being introspective about things that it would just be better to just jump into the <laughs> deep end about. yeah donna it yeah honestly she's like the patron saint of <laughs> yeah should the cover just summer. be a picture of meryl streep <laughs> meryl streep just everywhere Allah would, be... would cry <laughs> hey folks so sonia back again thanks so much for listening to this first episode of mood ring i hope you liked it And I also hope you enjoyed all the sounds of nature. (laughs) We we recorded this in the summertime um, and didn't have anywhere to do it inside. So we went to the park. Anyways, I just wanted to reiterate that if you want to get a copy of Bad Faith, you can order it online at plasmadolphin.com. Just plug in our merch. Oh, we also have merch. 
You can also get t-shirts and tote bags. So check it all out, plasmadolphin.com. Okay, bye. <laughs>